You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. So about last Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. My name is Jake. I'm in, I'm in this particular chat with multiple people. We got Grant in the building. He remembered his charger. We got Drew. We got Will. And introducing the man who was here when I wasn't here. He's a co-host of the Nitty Gritty Podcast. This is Nick. Say what's up to the people first. What's up, everybody? Nice to be back. All right. All right, shut the fuck up. up. All right. So, <laughs> so Sunday happens. Um, there's There was rain. And this was another one of those games where the AFC East came in and shit went sour. And there was another collapse. And I had wings. And this was some fucking bullshit because... Every time, what was what I'm looking for? You're up twenty. You're up twenty-three. Josh Allen all of a sudden, actually, Josh Allen all of a sudden starts playing poorly. Then Jerome Boger comes along and makes some phantom calls, and you have someone who's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, acting similarly to how Chris Paul does in the NBA, where you get hit, all of a sudden you lose an eye. Ah! Ah! So I'm just gonna keep it short and simple. You know who starts this? What the fuck happened? And why well, I mean, we lost? That's that's really what it boils down to here. Um, you're up 23 at halftime. You give up 20 unanswered points and you lose. I can sit here and break down X's and O's, but I'm here with three individuals who are very upset that we went for it on fourth down. So I would just like to uh, use my time here to say that that was the right call. Um, you play to win the game. Agreed. You don't you don't, you don't settle for three. We you don't settle that. for three. We won't sell for three to lose 27 to 23. We go for seven there. I think the play call was very flawed. Um, I think the Ravens, you know, propaganda machine, putting that on Lamar for not hitting Duvernay on that corner route is a little bit fucked up. Uh, Mike Davis played two snaps all game, and you put him in on one of the big, the biggest snap of the game offensively for us. This fucking wild move. Uh, you got to give Lamar more time there. But again, I think going for the touchdown there was the right call. I know that we've lost seven straight, you know, one score games. We've lost, I think, five games on us going for two or going for a touchdown in the game and not hitting it. And I'm still making that call every other time. If any of you guys want to fight me on that, I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. All right. So I can see. All right. So I was pissed off at first because take the points. Like I took my son to the game. Fourth quarter was gross. Like that was like one of the most like gross weather games I've been to. Take the points, pin them back, then let them start because what happens is is it puts their game, their their drive plan on a different kind of stratosphere because then there they could have just done whatever. They were tied. They could take the risk. They could take the gambles on the deep. They had a deep corner to uh Knox, you know, that set them up. They had a lot of big plays that they could take the shots on. Because they didn't have to pressure too much. It was 2020. They were comfortable going into overtime. But at worst case scenario, they get in field goal range. Because they started out on the 25. Literally the worst case scenario happened in that play call. Do I like the aggressiveness? We'd all probably be sitting here right now going, oh man, he's a genius. You know, whatever. I still say take the points because of how nasty that weather was and you forced them as an aggressive team you know they were going to try to score a touchdown they weren't going to just settle for three drive down the field over three sean mcdermott josh allen they're going to take shots they're going to try to score a touchdown and win the game but literally the worst thing happened like throwing a pick and throw an incompletion they start at the two okay i'm okay with that 
But throwing a pick was the absolute worst thing that could happen. Why don't you have some kind of play designed where Lamar could actually potentially run the ball in for a touchdown there too? You know, why don't you bootleg him out to one side? I, I don't understand. Again, he made so took the snap he made, all the time. He he made a, a slight look to his left and didn't see anything that he liked, and then he immediately keyed in on that Duvernay corner route. So like, if that's his read anyway, just fucking have him roll out because I don't understand why you're having him do a straight drop back. And you don't have Davis come out and chip the guy coming off the edge. Like, well, not it just only that, makes- but like you said, Mike Davis, J.K. Dobbins had four catches on four targets. If you're looking for a running back to go out into the passing lanes, put the guy in that's been catching the ball well in the shitty weather. Or how about you have Patrick Ricard? How about you have Patrick Ricard who had three catches on three targets? So, yeah. you know, again, you, you, got better, you got better guys than Mike Davis to put there. This I is- have – this is why you kick the field goal and take the points, though, because you don't have the competence in the building to make these right calls. I mean, when you see time after time after time, you mentioned the the losing streak as far as uh, one score games um, and also five straight losses at home is unacceptable as well. But you mentioned that and all those situations came from not executing. So if you know you're not executing and you know that it's a shitty weather game, where um, Stephon Diggs is dropping passes, Rashad Bateman is dropping passes, um, fumbles, you know what I mean? Allen's fumbling, Devin Singletary fumbled. Like, it's a slippery, windy game. You know that um, your defense has gotten a stop in that fourth quarter. I remember seeing a punt. Um, and all you had to do was go up three points, pin them back like Grant said, and trust your defense that you put all this draft capital, all this free agency money into, trust them to make one stop. And one stop is not even not giving up points. One stop is you can allow a field goal, just not a touchdown. I get playing to win the game, but if you haven't done it and you don't have success doing it, be smart and use your, your Hall of Fame kicker. If we're, having this discussion in, if we're having this discussion in 2018, though, we're talking about the Tyree Kill play. We're talking about the Brown reach over the end zone. We're talking about the fourth and 12. So I mean, right now we're in the offense chokes on a fourth and you know fourth and goal or a two point conversion play, and that's our downfall. But you know, a couple of years ago was the defense ball in the game. I feel like we're all mad because we lost. Which you know, I mean, again, I get it. Like it's fucking it's bullshit that we've had two huge leads against you know AFC contenders this year and have choked them at home, and it's been fucking ugly on both sides of the ball. It's not been like. Uh, you know, 7-7 game, uh, you know, fumble squirts out and, you know, goes fucking 10 yards in the wrong direction. Somebody picks it up and gets it down to the three-yard line and they kick a field goal to win it. Like, it's been – our defense has completely collapsed twice. Our offense no-shows at the end of those games. And it's, it's fucking frustrating, but I still want the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands to win the game because no matter yeah. how much draft capital and how much money we put onto this team, Lamar Jackson is the best player on our roster, so you trust him to win the game. So here's, here's my thing. I agree with the logic that that Nick is saying, take the points. I agree with what you're saying, Drew, uh, in terms of if we lose 27-23, we're all going to be pissed off just like we are. But from the time we scored our last touchdown to the end of the game, we scored zero points. That was, I believe, halfway through the second quarter. We, from that point on, we punted or, or turned the ball over every single time. The best play that we had – to potentially score points was uh, inside the 10-yard line. Lamar Jackson had great protection. He rolled to his right. He threw the ball underneath to, to Devin DuVernay. And DuVernay ran a route that was a little shallow of the, the end zone. He 
caught the ball on a, I mean, the throw was perfect. I mean, it, it couldn't have been better. It, it was just that the way it was defended was they were defending the end zone. So was he, he got to within, he was, he definitely, I mean, like, it, it, you know, maybe he was touched by someone's like the side of their leg, whatever it was, it's too close to call. It doesn't matter. But that play right there was the best play we ran in the sec in the second half. It was the best play we could have run in, in that space. And, uh, you know, running a play like that probably was the right call when you're on the two yard line, as opposed to the eight yard line or wherever we ran it from. And we ran a play that probably was better suited to Joe Flacco or Tom Brady, a drop back quarterback. We didn't take advantage of the fact that Lamar Jackson can spread a defense out just by having the ball in his hands. We put the ball back in the pocket with no chance for Lamar Jackson to roll out I don't know why every single time we're in this position, we don't run a bootleg. We don't run something where Lamar Jackson leaves the pocket. He spreads the defense just by virtue of the fact that he gets out in space. Someone has to account for him. We ran them every fucking time with Huntley. Yeah, right. Kyler Huntley is not half the quarterback that Lamar Jackson is. Why did we run it up the middle on after after that catch? Why not do a quarterback sneak? We were at the half yard line. We lost a yard and a half off of that next run. So why not just run a quarterback sneak or something? You got your brand new shiny toy at center. You got Zeitler at right tackle. You need a half yard. I would trust that over a, turning around and handing the ball off, honestly. the way. Okay, so think about this. At what point in the past three years, four years, have we ever, with, with the personnel we have right now, so that's why I say three years, at what point in the past three years have we ever – really thrived off of running inside the tackles other than when Lamar Jackson sees an opening and takes it and just takes off. And I don't think a lot of times the, the, the play design is for him to see that opening. He just has that vision. So Ooh. why in we the world have we had a center in the past three years either? We've had a couple okay, of Gus so, runs up the middle, but again, right. But we don't have Gus on the field. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. So we don't have the personnel to run that play. So whatever we were doing there, I just, to me, it's like, okay, everyone who wants to blame Lamar Jackson, they're like, oh, Devin Duvernay was open. You can say that on any play for any player. Uh, basically, every wide receiver on any single play you want to break down, you want to take a screenshot, they're going to be open at some point in the progression of a play. It, it's, you don't know what the progression is for the quarterback to where they're looking at the time. The, the, two, the two issues I have is this. A straight drop for Lamar Jackson on a, on a shotgun snap or a pistol snap, whatever formation you want to call that, from the two-yard line is idiotic because you're starting the man six yards away from the, the, the line that he needs to get to as opposed to two. You have taken away his, his running back, put him into the slot instead of putting him on his hip to protect him, to chip, because if you watch that back, his left tackle, who played great, who's a rookie who isn't a left tackle, he played great. He got beat immediately off the snap That's there what I say. and, I mean, and a- everyone's like what's lamar jackson looking at when he's looking left he's looking at the fact his fucking left tackle just got beat and his left tackle had yeah. hit, had his arm hooked underneath yeah. the, the, the 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 edge rusher's neck it's a blatant hold i don't know they probably would have thrown a late flag if not it for the fact that we threw an interception there it was but just he, a, so, a terrible so play that was, in, that was in our end zone and people saying, oh, Lamar had Duvernay in the corner. No, he didn't. They he were did. open like that. 
Like I'm talking, like as soon as that ball was snapped, that it, that they ran a stunt on the right side. It looked like, and when he came in, it, Von Miller came right off his edge. It was it, well, he held the shit out of him too, but it could have gotten called. I kind of wish it would have gotten called now because then they would have kicked the field goal. And it would. Take I don't think it was time. Von Miller. It was number. It was ninety. Who's ninety? Lawson. Is that, is that Rousseau? Rousseau? It was Carl Lawson. Oh, it was Carl Lawson. 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 I saw the zero. His second stint he, back in Buffalo. Second stint. Yeah, but uh, 90, so right? I mean, and everyone and everyone wanted to say, "Oh, Lamar was looking left. Why didn't he see Mike Davis?" Number one, Mike Davis was like probably his. He was probably just the check down read. He's not even going to look there until he sees every other guy that he, he who's Get running the, out for. Mike, Mike, Mike Davis, Davis is, you'd is have to, just the you'd have to throw a, you'd have to beam it in there, and there was a linebacker there waiting to put a hit on. Right, him. right. And the linebacker and was watching the throwing a Mike time. Davis in the first place. Right. Why, are you why, is, my, why is Mike Davis running a fucking route? If he's on the why field, Mike, Mike Davis. Why is Mike Davis on the roster to begin with? <laughs> if he's on the field, Roman with these responsibilities, get yeah, going right. for it. Yeah. But we don't have the the, the, the mind, obviously, to put ourselves in the right to successful when we go for it. Right. Mike Davis on the field there, I don't hate it. If he's going to block, I if he's going to be there to help, if he's going to be there to make sure that whoever's coming off the blind side is going to is going to be picked up by Mike Davis, who can. Who when has can Mike block. Davis blocked all year? When has Mike Davis done? He's never. He hasn't been on the field too blocked. But I'm saying Mike Davis. How many snaps did he play on Sunday? He played two. He played two. You know, why? Why are? Why are we trusting that asshole to be on the fucking field? Like, get it's him on. It's not his fault. I, do, I, I, I don't even call him an asshole. It's not his fault. Or no, I do want to want to say though that Lamar know. locked on Andrews like crazy on that when he broke the pocket. He locked okay, on Andrews. I mean, what are you going to do if you're Lamar Jackson running for your life? You have one wide receiver who is always there for you, always makes a catch for you. I'm looking at Mark Andrews too. Wait, and I think it was why well, wasn't Bateman hurt? Hurt. Hold on, knowing that knowing that Bateman's hurt, do you guys still make the same decision to go for it? Same scenario, yeah. you guys are going for it 10 out of 10? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, I am making that call every yeah. time. I think it was Mike Martz did a breakdown of the play, and he yeah, showed yeah, yeah, yeah. that he had maybe maybe a tenth of a second to realize that Bateman would be cor- or um, Duvernay would be open in the corner of the end zone and make that throw. And he's like, "Lamar's got to make that throw," which is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Because again, he's got two people bearing down on him. Like you got to get rid of the ball, I get it, but he's got to let his guy get open, and he wants Mark Andrews to catch that ball because that's his one trustworthy guy for his entire career. And the fact that that Poyer made the play from underneath just tells you he was baiting that the entire fucking time. He's waiting oh, for yeah. that. He he saw he saw that he saw that they were doing exactly what they were doing. So he's waiting underneath. He knows that Lamar the way the way the pass rush is coming and the way that they had no help. They took Mike Davis out of the play. It was one-on-one on the left side, so they know that Lamar is going to immediately going to get flushed right. He's going to look. Maybe he's going to throw to Duvernay. Probably is going to be the only guy he thinks is open. That Poyer can make a play. All he's got to do is kind of to, is close, close that, that position to, to the corner, which he knows he's not, not even going to get it there because he's getting rushed from the left, flushed out, and the right's also bringing pressure. It's, I mean, it was so obvious to me. I don't know why everyone's like, oh, Lamar made a bad play there. Lamar, to be, to be Lamar's fair, under attack. To to be fair, he he did throw the ball late, which the main reason they got picked. Yeah. My my only criticism with Lamar on that play is, right, you know, we didn't get, we're not going to get this play. Throw it out of bounds. You know what I mean? I get that you're trying to make a play on the ball, but that 23 yards of field position, that was that was a big that was a big uh, 
shift in the game. You know, if we could have backed them at the two, we would have had a better chance as far as stopping them from getting in field goal range. Once they got to the 25, you felt the momentum just uh, just leave the stadium. Agreed. But at the same time, when you put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands on fourth down, like, you know, the guy, the only thing in his brain is I have to make this play. I have to make this play. And you put him in a position where he doesn't have a whole lot of options. When you, when the, he gets the ball in his hand and the first thing he has to do is ju- just move backwards. I, I like I just don't understand the the thinking behind the play call. In that space, you know, you, you're in limited space to begin with and then you shrink it even smaller for him. It just makes no sense. This is a guy that thrives in space. Create more for him, especially when you're in such a tight space. Give him all that, that room out to the right side. Just do something for him. Help him a little bit. This is a perfect example, too, of how inept our coaching staff is from top to bottom. Um, I've been a big Harbaugh guy for, you know, since this whole fire Harbaugh Harbaugh movement has started on Twitter. But I think it's fucking ridiculous that we have two coordinators who just do not adjust. They do not put guys in the right position to make plays. Always dropped into coverage like 60 times this year already, which is fucking absurd. Like we have a guy that we drafted to be, uh, you know, premier edge rusher. And you have him dropping in coverage because Mike McDonald looks at him and goes, he's an athletic freak. Like, I'm fucking sick of this nonsense of trying to fit, the, you know, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like, you put Mike Davis on the field because you think he's supposed to be your short yardage back and he might be able to block for you. It's fucking stupid. Like, stop putting people in positions where they're going to fucking fail and just do the right thing. Like, you know, does, put a guy in a position to succeed. Where does roster construction go into what you're saying? Because I agree with you, but when there's it, only a it, few it's, it's, outside linebackers on the roster, what you going to do? It's a big component, but again, like – you gotta, you gotta figure something. You have Christian Welch. I mean, you got, Kyle you, Hamilton. Really, you got Kyle Hamilton. You got Chuck Clark. You can play Chuck Clark at inside linebacker if you really have to. You know what I mean? Like Josh or, or, or Odafeoye, whatever the fuck he goes by now. He's got to be rushing the pass every play. Like he's got a limited pass rush, you know, tool bag to work with there. You know, he's got to work on that. Like that's fine. You know, a lot of people are calling him a bust now because he made that tackle at the end of the game and did, instead of letting the guy score. Like I understand the frustration with him. But he's not going to come along as a pass rusher if we have him dropping into coverage ten times a game. Just let him run at the passer. Like that's that's what he's good for. That's what he's good at. You know, he's a big athletic freak. He's going to beat a lot of left tackles because they're fat white guys who can't fucking block. You know what I mean? Guys, like you guys aren't going to like to hear this, but EDC has not given us great value on his early round pick, and that is um, that's biting uh, us in the ass. Right? I, now. I said I said on Twitter today. I you could make the argument that he has not hit on a single draft pick. You could make the argument. I, I think I mean, we got a couple, but here's the thing is, so Linderbaum's been very good. It's early, so I'm not going to call him a hit yet. I think he's going to be a hit. I think Bateman has the potential to be a hit outside of those two. I mean, Patrick Queen is not the inside linebacker that you drafted or you thought you were drafting. Not at all. But the, the, and the thing with him is, is that they continue to try. Patrick Queen is great at plays in front of him. But you continue to put him in these situations where he's got to guard plays behind him. He's not good at it. But stop fucking making him do it. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Again, Owe is this athletic freak. If you have him going against a 340-pound guy on the edge, like, he's going to be able to outrun him. Like, he's just faster than them. He can beat him around the edge and fucking get to the quarterback. So just have him do that over and over again. He's not going to stay one-on-one with a tight end. You know, Kyle Hamilton has great instincts for the ball. And I think the more you have him out on the field, I think the more that'll show. But when you're starting to hide him because he had some miscommunications with Jalen Armour Davis and Chuck Clark in the fucking Miami game, 
It's fucking stupid. Like, why why do we continue to shoot ourselves in the foot? You use these high draft picks on these guys, so fucking let them do what they're good at. Let them show out at what they're good at, and just you know keep it at that. Like, I'm it's it's fucking ridiculous to me that our coaching staff continues to put these guys in situations to fail, and then we get mad at the players. Like, it's really not the players' fault at that point that they can't fucking do a certain thing. I will say, and I'm going to ask Grant a question, but I will say some of the criticism of the players is warranted because Patrick Queen. Thing about Patrick Queen is he like he's not making the he's not hitting converting his layups. Like if I pass you the ball on a fast break and you miss the layup, I'm going to be upset with you because you missed the layup. If the ball is hitting you in your chest and there's some, I'm asking Grant uh, before the uh, before halftime when the Bills uh, were on the field and he and Josh Allen threw the would be interception to Patrick Queen and it bounced off his chest. How did you feel when that happened? And then when the Bills scored, how did you feel like the energy changed in the stadium? Do you think it changed? I mean, you could hear everybody. I mean, everybody like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it was like a gasp. Everybody's just kind of like, it's getting to the point now where it's like almost like expected, which is terrible. But I mean, it, it was it, it was a shock. But at the same time, it's like, come on, Queen. But um, I think that it had a lot to do with it. There was a lot of things that could have gone differently that at the end of that first half. I mean, there was a big swing. I mean, everybody saw the P.I. on Robinson. I mean, it was completely obvious obvious that would have kept the drive alive and that whole first half changes completely they don't go into the halftime getting a touchdown and you know now we're looking at a potential you know 23 maybe even 27 to 3 instead of 20 to 10 so i mean there was a lot of things that could have happened then but that that interception might not have been a pick six but it might have but that would have swung the whole thing completely wide open and you could Definitely feel it there. And then once the Bills scored that touchdown, you could feel the momentum shift from the Ravens fans to the Bills fans. And the Bills fans started getting louder, doing their little chants and everything, which they got some awful chants. And I have a like I have just a thing with their fans. Like they're all either like these Patagonia dads, they're the edgy frat boys, or they're women soccer players that just had to pick a team, but they like the colors because they're red, white, and blue. And but I mean, it, they were fired up. Fans are getting loud. You know, momentum. You could definitely feel it changing. But that that interception, a lot of plays in a game. But that one is one that you could definitely feel it. Yeah, you can't let a team like the Bills or like the Dolphins. Again, you can beat the fuck out of the Patriots and you can beat the fuck out of the Jets because they're shitty teams. But when you're starting to play like good teams, if you give them a window to come back in, they're going to take it. And so stop making the fucking mistakes that let them. Get back in. I would not be mad at the Patrick Queen dropped interception if there wasn't eight other plays that game where he was just out of position and got fucking spun around, you know, lost a guy in coverage, fucking missed a tackle. Like, it's these compounding mistakes of the same shit. Again, he, he misses plays behind him. And, like, Dude, that's, that's that missed angle on that Josh Allen fucking touchdown, rushing touchdown oh was so bad. That was right. in our end zone, too. And I saw him take the angle, and I said, "What is he doing?" And Josh booted, and like I'm calling him, like I'm his, his buddy. Oh, Josh booted, and when he booted out, I mean, then he went into chase mode. You got to know immediately. And I'm, let me tell you, I don't know how fast people thought he was, but Josh Allen put him in the dust. He cooked him off that corner. And I mean, but why are you taking that bad of an angle? Because the way that he came off the edge. He completely had contained in that moment unless he, like, that was his main responsibility. Why are you coming right off the end? Right. Again, like, if Queen didn't make 14 mistakes that just continued to compound on one another, I'd leave him alone. But at the same time, it's like, 
enough's enough. Like, stop fucking doing dumb shit. And then also to Mike McDonald, stop putting Patrick Queen in a position to fuck up like that. You know, I, I think we need Josh Ross back. I think we need Welsh like to start him. taking some inside linebacker snaps. Where was Malik Harris back? Or Harrison? Like, I haven't Everywhere. seen him. Another they got him a lot of outside linebacker right now. Yeah, but, like, you know, why aren't we using him more to fucking, you know, again, like, that's the one thing he's good at is, you know, if you put him in a contain, he's going to fucking take up space and he's going to stay right there. He's not going to miss that tackle if the guy's running right at him. Owe did the same fucking thing to Josh Allen too. Fucking had him dead to rights and just well, missed him. He has him. to close. He has to close. And these are the yeah. and these are the issues I have with our top picks, right? Like with the top picks, you expect them to finish plays. You expect them yeah. to finish their breakfast, so to speak. Sacks, um, interceptions. Like this is these are what you draft game changes for that high um, of a draft pick, and they're not being game changes. They're just there, and that's where we're getting. You know, that's where we're getting hurt at. Hurt at. Yeah. I mean, we've been getting cooked by these fucking top draft picks because they're not stepping in and being huge impact guys. They're being just average safeties or average wide receivers. Or so know, fucking back to the roster construction. Is it the Ravens front office fault that they have to step in and be the man quicker than maybe normally should? I'm not saying they have to be a Pro Bowler, but they're not even mid tier right now. I mean. People were talking about the hurries, but for Owe, I mean, you got the hurries, but at some point, yeah, I get hurries can lead to interceptions and pressures, those types of things. But at some point, if you're not converting on those, I mean, those percentages are not good. That's, and, that's the thing with Owe is that the hurries are there, so he has the pass rush skills to get near the quarterback. So if somebody fucking coach him up how to fucking take the quarterback down, yeah. it can't be that hard. If you gave He got outrated too. He got yeah. what did he run a four three or something apparently he yeah, got he out by Josh Allen twice because he fucking missed like he just straight up missed like what the fuck are you trying to tackle at that point? Then the concern is he didn't get sacks at Penn State, so um, yeah. does he have the instincts of a of a great pass rusher? If we got to teach him instincts and you know scheme and pass rush moves, I mean that's a lot for a first round pick that you're expecting to provide you know top level production like there's a lot of pressure put on away this this offseason and this you know so going into training camp i mean at that pick we needed a pass rusher like that was one of our biggest needs so it's who you know there was nobody on the board there that is probably going to step in and make a bigger impact than oa has so my question is is that you continue to take these late round guys that don't work out why don't you package that pick and some late round picks and move up and take somebody that you think is going to fucking work out or move those picks for a fucking established veteran that's going to actually do something. That's been the most frustrating part about, you know, the EDC era is that, like, we have these very legitimate needs, and he refuses to package picks and just bring in a veteran that's just going to get the job done. Instead, he'd rather go sign a Pernell McPhee, a Justin Houston, uh, some fucking old washed fuck who's just not going to work. Like, I I'm tired of it. Like, Justin Houston should, you know, Justin Houston's been fine, but he shouldn't be playing 90% of snaps. So he's fucking old. Hey, he's fucking old. Like, he's not capable of doing that anymore. You don't sign these veteran guys to play full workload. Clayus Campbell is the same thing. Everybody loves that fucking guy for some reason. I have no fucking idea why, because he's, like, nice on Twitter, and he's tall, and everybody's like, oh, I love him. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he's taking $12 million a year. Get him the fuck off my team. Get me somebody who's going to actually get to the fucking quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had enough. I've, I've had enough of watching these quarterbacks have all fucking day in the pocket. They're going to be able to pick apart Jalen Armour Davis. They're going to be able to pick apart Chuck Clark. They're going to be able to fucking exploit some kind of miscommunication if you're not putting the quarterback on his back every play. Make Josh Allen afraid to stand in the fucking pocket. You know, fucking hit him a couple times. Yes, you're too quiet over there. What you cooking up? 
Don't worry about me. Well, there's a couple yeah. of things. I got, I got something going over here. I got you. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm on the same boat as you guys, man. I mean, All right, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, we just talking about Owe and, and Patrick Queen and some of these first round disappointments. I know you're an talking about guy, your boy. So you yeah, got to defend your boy. Your boy. Defend his honor. How much your boy Eric and his inability to draft. No, I mean, it's just it, it's the same shit every year, though. Again, like, you know, wide receiver has been a problem since this franchise was founded in 1996. We got Anquan Bolden for fucking scrap heap prices because Anquan Bolden is, was, you know, injured a lot, like wanted big money, and the Cardinals wanted to pay Larry Fitzgerald instead. So we got him for a fucking bargain. Derek Mason, you know, the Titans thought he was done and nobody really wanted to pick him up. So we got him for cheap. Like we don't make, you know, we we made one key move for a big wide receiver and that was Terrell Owens. And he told us to go fuck ourselves. So we just, who who is that? Who is that? Um, D lineman that we got from the Broncos year back. I think it's, um, Trevor Price Price is who I was talking about. People like him is who, who we should be looking after. I know that's an old name, but. Yeah. He was established, he was older a little bit, but you know he still had he still had some uh, gas left in the tank. And my my thing is, I'm I'm full I'm fully on board with go get an established person at a at a historically weak position that you have had trouble with. So wide receiver, recently defensive line, um, I think safety that's something that we've addressed through free agency. But those three positions, you know, something that you got to get taken care of because it's killing us year after year after year and we're so close to where we want to be that's that's why also I'm, I, I get so upset like have you seen us get blown out or just not be in a game against whoever no rarely yeah you well, know and, and that's been my one of my biggest arguments against the ravens front office for years is i've always been on the train give me a proven player over a draft pick the years that we were consistently picking 20 to 32 you know, why would you not take that draft pick and trade for somebody like a Brandon Cooks or, you know, like how all some of these players are getting flipped around, like Stephon Diggs, throw a couple firsts out there. Like, you know, you're you're that one guy away. And the people that don't think that that one guy makes a difference, yeah, you got 22 people on the offense and defense, but a guy with that capability, DeAndre Hopkins is another one, you know, that w- was obtainable. De- Devontae Adams wasn't obtainable, period. Neither was Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but, yeah I disagree. You well, can make but, that move. Between some, but those guys, Stephon Diggs can change. Look what he did with Josh Allen. And everybody's like, all their best friends, they got good chemistry. Like, that stuff matters. And, you know, Hollywood, <laughs> going to your boy. But, uh, I mean, he had chemistry with Lamar. I didn't think Hollywood was the greatest receiver. I don't think he lived anywhere close up to his draft status. But Trash. he had a knack with Lamar that is a connection that you need with your quarterback. And if Lamar is going to be your man of the future, you need to find somebody that's going to have that kind of niche with him that's going to be able to, you know, have that connection. It's Mark Andrews right now, but you need somebody on the outside that can be able to stretch that defense for somebody that athletic at quarterback. No, I agree. It's just it's frustrating to look at. If you look at every game we lost, you're not getting to the quarterback enough. Your wide receivers aren't catching the ball. Or your guys aren't doing well in coverage, and mostly your back end, your Chuck Clarks and your fucking, you know, your safeties are not doing well in the back end. And like we look at that happen over and over again. So you draft Kyle Hamilton, you sign Marcus Williams. Great. You've solved that back end problem somewhat. Again, Jalen Armour Davis having to play like legitimate snaps against Tyreek Hill is never going to work out. That's fine. But why haven't we gone out and got that big name wide receiver? Why haven't we gone out and, you know, fucking gotten a legitimate pass rusher? Why are we stuck with the Pernell McPhees and the Justin Houston's of the world 
when guys like Khalil Mack are moving teams. You know, you can go get a fucking good pass rusher. Like, they're clearly, they can be had. Or you move up in the draft and you take somebody that you think is going to be actually a good pass rusher, you know, right now, not Notifeoe, who's going to be a good pass rusher in three years. Then you get one year of usefulness out of him. You know, maybe you pick up his fifth-year option so you get a second-year usefulness out of him. And he's going to go sign a monster deal like Zadarius Smith with somebody else. And that's and that's what's happened to us historically is mm-hmm. these pass rushes take forever to develop that we draft. And as soon as they start to get a little comfortable, they're out of their rookie deal and they're cashing out somewhere else. Yeah. Who's the one good pass rusher that we've drafted? It was Terrell Suggs and we moved up to go get him. Mm-hmm. You know, why Why aren't we making that move? Again, like that clearly worked out for the best. So and there's no speaking of moves. For all, and for transparency, we didn't care about character issues back then yeah. because – no. Fuck it. Give me, give me a, give me an asshole. As long well, as he's okay, not going to be in fucking so prison, like I don't a care. Na- a name that's been floating around is Marcus Davenport. Why not? Fuck it. Give him a shot. He's better than what we have. You could say any fucking he's, name, he's, and I, I'll say yeah. Let's go. Let's do yeah. it. I mean, Rudy. Will, will, it, will and I okay. have long. Will and I have long had the the thought process of if somebody's good and you can get them, go get them. Because what is the point of turning down good players? We are in no position to be turning down good players. Right. Yeah. No my, my, my opinion's always been this. When people are like, oh, we don't need that person. We don't. Uh, okay. You know what I like? As many good players as possible on the same fucking team. So if there's a good player available, sign them. And then we have more good players today than we had yesterday. What the fuck logic is there in anyone's brain that says, uh, I don't know about that. You know what? Uh, you know what? We have some guys in the practice squad that I re- would really like to see. Get the fuck out of here. We're in a fucking championship window, right? Supposedly. We have a, a generational quarterback. We have what else? <laughs> I'm trying, I'm we have a Bailey Gator. Because I, we have I, a Bailey Gator. Hey, don't Andy talk about all. Bailey motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey Gaither is better than uh, George Pickens, anyway. So let's uh, let's oh, shit. Hey. <laughs> crack kills, crack kills. Well, hey, let's compare. Right. Let's compare those co- uh, college tape. Bailey Gaither's got way better fucking college tape than than George Pickens. He played at James <laughs> Madison. Bro, <laughs> you love who played for fucking Cincinnati. Well, what are we doing here? <laughs> you leave sauce out of this. He's terrible too. Fuck him. I can't wait till he gets torched by Tyreek Hill this week. You've been saying that since week one, and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, because nobody's – because, you know, the fucking Jets suck. They don't have to throw at people. Nobody has to throw at them. Joe Burrow doesn't have the balls to throw at anybody. That's people, the only every time we, we, yeah. one. But anytime we suggest – anytime a person pops up, like even yesterday when Andy and Isabella popped up, I'm like, fuck it. Sign him. Why do we, why well, do we care go. about these small receivers, though? Like, that doesn't help Lamar. Like, everybody says, oh, Lamar has accuracy. He can't throw it to the outside of the numbers. Well, how about you get him a big receiver that can have an increased catch rate? The only people who say that, though, are stupid. Because if you look at his numbers, he throws well outside the numbers. But to me, it's like, okay, a guy comes available, a receiver who has NFL experience, who we know can catch the ball, who we know can score touchdowns. Why the fuck would we not want to – Sign him. See what happens. If we need to, then fucking get rid of him. Uh, like to me, it's like right now we need to keep the revolving door going. Just find someone because whatever we're doing is not working. I had, I, had, I had read something before the game against the Cardinals that we were even reaching out to them about trade possibilities for him, and then they ended up cutting him. So it looked like EDC wanted him, you know, as EDC loves preseason. EDC loves when I saw that, when I saw that that tweet go out that he got cut. Yesterday, I was looking for pictures on the internet of a 
private jet charter. Like I was trying to Photoshop that we sent a photo, a, a private jet to go pick him up. That's I Who knew we were. Who reported that he was a Raven first? That was me. I, Okay. Well, question, I, guy. I believe you. Uh, I'm not, yeah, yeah, not going to fucking question you. <laughs> I saw I saw a fast midget get cut, and I was like, that's, that's fucking, that's what EDC wants. That's what he looks for, but fucking give me him. It's fine. Every, every, every short, every Super Bowl winning team has a short white guy playing wide receiver. Fucking give me him. To EDC. Scotty, Scotty Miller. Yeah, fact. he's credit, I'll, I'll say... I do appreciate his logic behind the way he structures. Like he's, he's, he basically says the more draft picks you have, the more probability you have to hit on an actual good player. Right. So if you have 10 entries into the lottery, you have more chances to actually hit the motherfucking lottery, you know, than if you have five entries, my thing is. Okay. But $520 tickets, $520 tickets give you a better chance for a bigger hit than 10, you know, $5 tickets. Right. So true. I have this argument with people all the time. Like, so my buddy, I have I have a, a group chat with my friends called the Lottery Alliance. So when when the Mega Millions gets over a hundred million, we just all we buy we split the cost of whatever amount of tickets we want to do, whatever whatever we want to put in, five dollars each, whatever. Now the odds of winning the Mega Millions are one in X hundred million, right? If you buy more than one ticket, you're not increasing your odds. Every ticket has the same amount of odds because exactly. The number of combinations doesn't change just because you bought more tickets. It's not a guaranteed player. You just, have more, a, the, you just have more of those right. combinations. So it's not fucking bingo. It's not you're not buying from a pool where you, someone's guaranteed to win. So just because you have more picks doesn't mean that one of them is going to be good. It just means that you pick more people. So you could just have twenty people who fucking suck if you pick. So we have people. now, <laughs> right? If so you the, the logic that the logic that more, that more is better is not good. It doesn't make sense because the odds don't go up. The odds are the same with every person from every round. So, like, if you want to do different odds from every round, okay, fine. But you're still then the odds still can work against you. You can always miss. So then, if you miss twenty times, you still miss twenty times. You didn't increase your odds. You just missed twenty times. You remember when everybody was freaking out that we didn't draft Calvin Austin and that we drafted a punter over Calvin Austin? And I'm just like, that's another fucking fourth round pick that why the fuck do we want him playing meaningful snaps of wide receiver for us? Like, are we really at that I, point? Where we're I think so I was the, one of the only people, may, I think Grant was kind of on the same page with me that we did need to take a punter in that, that front, that like range. But I think I was one of the only people who was like, all right, cool. We took our punter because it was very clear that we were not going to trot out Sam Cook, fucking old ass man who was averaging like fucking 18 yards per punt last year so somehow some way either cook we were going to cut him or he's going to retire whatever was going to happen was going to happen we needed a new punter so we took the best punter the one that didn't rape people who also that's the revisionist history though is that i didn't want to take stout where we did because ariza was still on the board and stout was still on the board and i wanted to end up with one of them now knowing that Matarese is a rapist, I'm not interested so, in having yeah. him on my team. So me, yeah. So my thing was going in, I was with I, I kind of followed Grant's logic with like, you know, the rapist can punt the ball nine thousand yards. So like, okay, I'm good with him. But I do like the the logic that the team followed with Stout. Don't draft the rapist. I agree. He has all the he, well that too. Far but away from he, this, yeah. He's very accurate. Yeah. He can punt the ball where he wants. He has like this fucking arsenal of different punts. Uh and on top of that, didn't sexually assault anyone. That's a, I mean, that's a great fucking it's asset. Plus. 
that's a huge so plus. We're not seen, we're not the Browns. Yeah. I'm surprised the Browns haven't signed a reason, to be honest. But right. yeah. So we're at 30 million yeah. guaranteed to a reason. But we needed a punter and fuck up the punters market. We needed a punter. And if we took, we, if we burn a fourth round pick on a punter that we keep for 20 years, then it was a fucking great. We also pick. had 19, we also had 19 fourth round picks. So at the end of the day, right. it didn't really matter. Exactly. Yeah. So people who got all worked up about the fucking punter getting picked, uh, I mean, get out of here. We, we yeah. knew we needed what? a fucking punter. So we took the best round picks. How many, how many are giving us an uh, impact right now? None. The punter. But we don't punt. I, I don't even want that much of it. If I believe in Lamar Jackson like I do, well, I don't even want to see him also, that much. Also, I can like the I, gun I, I'm the pretty sure I'm pretty sure that that I said this. I, I won't I'm just pulling from my memory at this point, but I'm pretty sure I said it to Grant and to Drew when we took Stout that I like the pick if not for anything else that he now can do kickoffs and we're going to have Justin Tucker for an extra 2 years because he's not going to be doing kickoffs. So we're saving his leg. Hunter's but like, you know, apparently, the gun, the gun. Well, apparently Harbaugh wants to save it from kicking like four yard field goals as well. So, you know, he'll be around for another five. So he'll be kicking until he's he'll, he'll be he'll be Harbaugh yeah. follows the uh what was that Herm Edwards? You play to win the game. You know, that's you play to win the game. That's that's what we do. Yeah. Gotta, yep. You got to win though. <laughs> well, so yeah, but you're not gonna win. You don't you don't win twenty, you know, if you only kick a field goal and you get a touchdown there, you don't win. About the think about the flip side of that variable. Let's say you kick uh, the field goal. Um, they're driving up the field. Um, they get in field goal range, and they have to kick a fifty-two yard field goal in the elements, the wind and the rain. Tyler Bass, Tyler Bass miss, makes or misses that. Like that's that's part of football. Yeah, I mean it is. But Tyler Bass is a good kicker, and you never want to go to overtime because then you potentially have the game decided on a coin flip. Listen, that game was decided on QB nails. I I want my chance on in overtime personally. I mean, and I, hopefully it doesn't yeah. even get. To no, that game was decided and, on the fact that you let the Bills get to the three yard line with a minute forty left, and you had no timeouts because John Harbaugh threw the stupidest fucking challenge flag no, of all time. No, you know what this game was re- yeah. w- was decided on? It was decided on Greg Roman kicking his fucking feet up halfway through the second oh, quarter well, and calling I mean, the, the prevent offense, which I've never even fucking heard of until this year. <laughs> Yeah, what? I mean, how much fucking time do we got? I can fucking I can go through play call by play call on that fucking fat idiot and just Pre-man. shit on him. I like that. I like so that. I and no. I think even in the middle of last week, in the middle of last week, I was on record saying Greg Roman deserves some some uh, leash because he's done so well this year. And then you know what? But no. what was your leash? He just leaves no, 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 I'm, deserves I'm no leash. I'm he's gonna, lost us two fucking games. I'm gonna Fuck I'm gonna save I'm gonna save you from your own take here. Your leash. Your leash was predicated on the fact that Greg Roman was letting Lamar Jackson change play calls at the at the line of scrimmage. That did not happen on Sunday. Clearly. That was what your that was what your leash was predicated on is that you said Greg Roman is being smart and keeping his hands off of it in some situations. And then on Sunday, Greg Roman's put his fat little fucking fingers back into it and fucked it up again. Greg Roman fuck turned into guy. Peter Angelos. Yeah. Fucking fire that asshole into the sun. Get him the fuck off my team. I have no fucking idea why he's still employed. I'm so fucking tired of seeing that idiots. At, I'm trying very hard to not say an R slur that I've said on here multiple times about people before, but that is the only word that I can think of to describe Greg Roman. He's got some you kind of just, just to be clear, it's not a remedial. word that ends in R. It's a word that begins in R. We're not yeah, that that doesn't happen around here. Remedial, just to be clear. that's the word. Remedial. How, how has he been given so much rope though? He's been given a because lot he's got of he, clear, clearly he watched Eric DeCosta or John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh murder somebody and he knows where they buried the body that is the only thing that i can think of in my head 
as to why that man is still allowed to fucking continue coaching. He's got to know something. There's no other reason why he's still in play. I mean, again, like you cannot keep that fucking moron in the box and expect us to win. So I said this, I don't know who I was responding to on Twitter. I said, let's run the Bruce Arians play. Let's move Greg Roman into some sort of uh, consultant or front office role and let someone else call the plays. How about we move Greg Roman into a fucking into a fucking cell in Guantanamo Bay and tell him to not fucking come back anymore? That's fine with me. I'm just saying for 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 uh, you know we have his playbook of of the organization exactly right. So he's he is a a a fucking artist at building a playbook. Someone else needs to play and call the plays though. We have the playbook, so we don't fucking need him anymore. Someone get fucking lost. Someone take a fucking hike and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right. We got the treasure map. Let's kick him off the fucking pirate ship. Let's go. If I can figure out, plank, if bitch. I can figure out how to get into that fucking box from my seats at M and T, I would be in there fucking reading that man <laughs> the riot act. Get him the fuck out of here. I would take True. his fucking head. Hey, and be careful! Be careful! People are going to stop walking their dogs if you keep saying that kind of thing. Yeah, it's true because you know apparently certain analysts think their names are Greg Roman and that they're personally threatened by things. But um, I forgot about that. You can still walk your dog; it's okay. But no, in all honesty, like the fact that that man still is employed by the team and collects a paycheck is a fucking travesty. Think Unemployment rate in the country is at an all time high. Think he has a hot seat? Like, say, uh, we he shouldn't have a seat to the Bengals. He shouldn't have a seat. On a hot seat. He should be on a fucking. His head should be on a pike outside of the fucking castle. He shouldn't have a chair anymore. Shouldn't have a key card to get in. Shouldn't have a fucking house in Owings Mills. He should be fucking banished to some faraway country. Get the fuck out of here. Somewhere in fucking like, you know, Middle East somewhere, like sitting in a fucking hut by himself, not fucking with anybody's lives. What was your, what was your guys' take on who made that tackle? Was it Owe in the fourth yeah. quarter? Do you guys believe he should have carried him in the end zone? Or do you think he made the right play by trying to get a turnover? I'm, I'm torn on that because he did almost force the ball loose. But the wise play is to stand the puck back and let him get in the end zone. So, I again, I appreciate the aggressiveness, but I also think that, again, you let them score seven there, and then you are playing for overtime, or you go for two. How fucking mad would you guys have been if the fucking Bills scored a touchdown there, we take it down the field, you know, Lamar throws a touchdown, time expires, and then we go for two? Oh, God, the fucking meltdowns. I would, I would, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. That would have been fucking awesome. That would have been fucking amazing. That would, that would have been crazy. So my to be issue fair. with what, what my issue with what Oway did is in the aftermath, he said that the play call was to let them score or to try and punch the ball out. I was pissed off when he said that because not at him, at the coaching staff, because like I've said all year, the coaching is is the problem. And if you as the defensive coordinator, whoever the fuck relayed this message, I mean, we know who has the green dot. So the guy, the guy who was saying relayed it, that message, right? So is this a so so he said that he was told to do one or the other. Whoever told yep. him that this guy, we're in the middle of the battlefield. It's the the end of the game. Anything you do is going to decide what happens here. And he decides because he was told he had a choice that he's going to take the worst choice. It's a, a terrible choice. Like uh, punching the ball out. Like, I mean, that's such a low percentage play. So Elon, he Elon chose Musk, to do that. Elon huh? Musk needs to create a rocket, put Greg Roman and Chuck Clark in it, send them to the fucking sun. So we stop having these yeah, stupid right. fucking so, miscommunications. Yeah. Why so, are you But calling? my thing was, yeah, my thing was, okay, 
why give him a choice? He's a guy in the moment. There's, we, there's like he didn't have time to make decisions. So if he had a, if someone told him, listen, don't go near the fucking guy with the ball. Let him run into the end zone. Then he wouldn't have gone near the guy with the ball. Someone told him to go punch the ball out. So he went and did it. He heard two things and he chose the one that was like made more sense to him. Okay. That's really not his fault. He's just going on what he was told in an instant and his instincts. But then, so then I, I said on Twitter to this, to anyone who wanted to listen that I didn't think that was a good coaching decision. I was challenged on that. And it was, the challenge was, uh, you don't know that they said that you weren't in the huddle. Well, guess what? The next day, John Harbaugh said that that was the call to either punch the ball out. Why are you giving these guys? That's you even saw in the replay. Clayus Campbell put his hands on his head. He was so, he was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? That's why I don't think it was the play call. That's why I don't think it was the play call because why are you have players reacting like that if that's what right. they were Well, talking? so that's why I think it really comes down to there's only one person who can hear what the coaches are saying. He's the guy oh. who told Owe, who, who who may have relayed that message. Maybe Calais didn't hear it, but all I know is Owe heard someone say, oh, what do you think? He just made it up? He just fucking made it up? He's made no, big enough lies to cover his own ass. Somebody told him that shit. And the only person who would have heard that from a coach is the guy with a fucking earpiece in his helmet. That pisses me that. the fuck was, off. Why I the fuck are you going to confuse guys in such a, a key a key moment in time in the game? Hey, uh, you can either let the guy score or not let him score. Uh, hug him and try and punch the ball out because that fucking works so so often. And especially because Oway had already done that earlier in the game. So he's thinking, oh, I already did this one time. It's so fucking easy. So, you know, he, it just fucking, it he, makes me, it, it makes me fucking, I want to flip my fucking table over right now. He fucked up that sack. He let Josh Allen get out. And so he's like, oh, this is my opportunity to be the hero and make up for my mistake. He played That's- hero ball all fucking day. Every, yeah, every he, angle he took hero. was he's- hero ball. He comes in. He's coming in off the edge, and he has an angle on the quarterback, but he's looking at the ball the whole time. Dude, tackle the guy, not the fucking ball. Jesus Christ! If Marlon Humphrey, if Marlon Humphrey went for the punch out there, I'd live with it because Marlon has a long history of punching the ball out of guys' hands. And so, if he's the one making that gamble, I kind of trust him because he's a veteran. He's been here for a while. He's sort of, you know, he knows he, he knows what to do in that situation. Oa isn't the guy to make that call. You know, Oa shouldn't be the guy who you should be given the option to punch the ball out because he's young and he's really made a lot of dumb fucking plays over his career. The punch it's, out. It's not what's, a long the career. Prob- what's the probability that it actually occurs? Now, the probability of you carrying him into the end zone and you giving your offense and your MVP quarterback a chance to extend the game, I like that probability. But what's the yeah. probability that you're actually going to get a turnover? Not high. I think the play call should have been, hey, everyone on the defense, let the running back get to the second level and let's all pick him up and fucking carry him in the end zone. If you want to fucking touch you the guy, think, pick him up and, and carry him and in. So the counter I heard to that too is that uh, was it Singletary that carried that in? I think it was yep. Singletary yep. that took that to the one. That he, he was going to go down games. and that he was starting to fall and that he was going to you know take a knee at the one yard line. But I didn't see that. I didn't no. see him making any attempt. I saw him an attempt to you know fucking fight for extra yards in the end zone there. Calais Campbell could have picked him up palmed his head and picked him up and brought him in the end zone. He's that big and Singletary's that small. So like you this almost, idea you almost should have had, you know, Travis Jones get behind him and like push him into the end zone to make sure that he gets there. We've seen Travis Jones push a man uh mm-hmm. a, a long way. Yeah. A lot larger, a lot larger than Singletary too. Yeah. 
Crazy. I, I, I mean, just insane. Just poor execution. And to me, no matter what, the blame is 100% on the coaching in that situation. Because even if they didn't say it, if there's any indication from the player that they thought that was the, the play call, then you fucked up as a coach. You weren't clear. All you need to do as a coach is make every player understand what the fucking assignment is. And if the assignment is to not tackle the guy, it shouldn't be that hard to communicate that to 11 guys. It shouldn't. Say, hey, guys, don't touch the guy with the fucking football. That's that. It's that easy. Because if I'm on the field, I'm like, oh, well, okay. I'm just going to fucking like sit down. Like, you just don't touch him. Don't go near him. It's not that hard. I also hate the fact that McDonald's a rookie head coach or a rookie play caller. I guess in the NFL because it's tough to get on them for making stupid calls like that. But uh, they also cost us games. So well, it's like, I don't when, think that when that Wink is, is his call. That's not a, and somebody said that's not a play call. Yeah. You're fucking right. That's not a play call. That's a, that's a fucking Coaching. common sense call. Someone. So then it's someone, Chuck. And that's, a, so that's a John Harbaugh back. call. That's a, a Chuck Clark call on the field. It's the people who it's like Chuck Clark isn't on the field calling a play. He's putting guys in a position and making sure people know, understand what they're supposed to do so anybody who who has any like oversight over what's happening should have been like hey everyone do you understand this guy anybody who touches the ball just let him run in the end zone it's that simple just let them take the ball in their hand and go over that line right there it's that fucking tell, simple they tell hoopers when you're down a certain amount of points and there's less than 30 seconds left what do they tell hoopers when um the opposing team gets the ball you got a foul right to stop the clock like this is yeah. instinctual. This is something that nobody should have to tell you. You know what I mean? This is something that you probably learn in training camp, or you know the principles. Of, you know, how, you know, training camp. You learn it in high school. I'm, I'm saying like coaches has to reinforce yeah. this. Like this is something that's so elementary that you shouldn't even have to talk that much about. Right. Um, and and these are the issues that I'm having with the Ravens because other teams you don't see these mental errors. The good teams that we play, you don't see these mental errors when it's crunch time. And I'm starting to feel like around the NFL, we're starting to get a reputation. And I don't like the reputation that we're creating. We used to have a reputation of closing and, you know, being able to get ahead and keep a lead. Now teams, they see that, like a better term, we're food. They come into our house, eat our lunch, go home. And, you know, Stefan Diggs was telling us to go home. He was, he was looking at the crowd like, man, take your asses home, man. That shit is embarrassing. It, it is. And it's, it's sloppy coaching. And it's, you know, again, if you want to talk about roster construction, we, we sign a bunch of idiots that, you know, maybe aren't capable of being in that position. And then we have idiots telling them what to do. And it's just this giant clusterfuck of our coaching just constantly fucking up and putting us in these horrible positions. I mean, how many more double-digit leads are we going to blow at home this year? Like, really? Like, you know, again, I said on the last, last week's podcast, I was like, I want to win a game that we have a double-digit lead against a good team because I want to be confident in that. And all they've continued to do is spit my face and be like, yeah, you can't be confident in that this year. You know, you got to win by 40 and you got to be up by 40 and hope that their, you know, time runs out. It's, it's fucking disgusting. Like we should be able to close out all these fucking games. We close out the jets. Fine. Why can't the fuck? Why can't we do that? You know, against good teams. The fact that we can jump out on these good teams and be, you know, up by multiple scores gives me hope that these are minor issues that can be fixed. What doesn't give me hope is these minor issues have been issues for three, four years, and they haven't been. It's, 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 we were talking about this, I think, with you, with the game script with Roman, that when we stay on script and things continue to go how we expect them from the snap, everything is great. The second somebody adjusts, we can't fucking counterpunch to save our lives. I don't, I don't get why 
you know, again, I'm not an NFL coach. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I could, you know, teach all these guys X's and O's, but like, it can't be that hard, especially with Lamar Jackson. That's the one that fucking blows my mind. The defense is what it is. You got some young guys, you got some, you know, you're thin at outside linebacker. You got a dickhead at inside linebacker who can't cover anybody behind him. You got this, you know, weird revolving door at safety where, you know, you got a rookie coming in there. You got Chuck Clark in there. You're not really sure what's going on there. Fine. Defense is going to fuck up. Why can't the offense just at some point be like, hey, Lamar, you're really fucking good. Go do what the fuck you want. Go do what's going to work for you. Because that's, you know that's what the, literally a good. You know what the worst stat possible for, for the fan base and really for the, for the team, because they probably are like eating this up. We have trailed for 14 seconds. That shit crazy. In our two losses. In our two losses. In our, t- in our two losses. Now, that is so misleading because we've played poorly for probably, I don't know. Quarters. 50, min- 50 minutes. Yeah, but our leads 50. were so big that they couldn't get a lead until the last second. Right, exactly. So that, oh, oh, we've only, we've, we've only given up the lead for 14 seconds. Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. You let the teams back in the game. It doesn't matter about the fucking 14 seconds. The 14 seconds does, is the, the least of our fucking worries. It's, it's every second that led up to the 14 seconds. That, that, that shit, people fucking eating that up. Get the fuck out of my face with that. That makes me fucking angry, people eating that up. Oh, it's only been 14 seconds. Man, we're 14 seconds away from being 4-0. No, the fuck we're not. We're, we're about, uh, I don't know, three quarters away from being 4-0. We played if- three terrible quarters of football. Three and a half. If yeah. Harbaugh, That's if Harbaugh's not going to be, a, if Harbaugh's not going to be an X's and O's guy, he needs to be the guy that writes, writes the wrongs or steers the ship in the right direction when momentum changes. So when we when we get into that situation where we feel like we're losing control of the game. That's when I need John Harbaugh to be this top five, top 10 coach. He's not the type of guy that's going to adjust on the fly like Andy Reid. He's not the type of guy that's going to have a crazy ass defensive game plan like Bill Belichick. If you're going to be that top five, top 10 guy, you need to be the guy that can rally the troops and get their heads right. Because it seems every time that uh, a team, you know, we we use the term counterpunch, every team, uh, every time a, a team gives us a, a counterpunch, and we're trying to trying to figure out what the the next move is. We don't know what the next move is, and we need to we don't want that reputation of just being a soft team where anybody can just come do what they want on our field. No no lead that we have is safe. Like no man, we need somebody that's going to see the temperature of the team, see what's going on, and that's why I'm so mad also about not taking the points. The temperature of the team. We didn't score all second half. You don't score all second half. We'll make what gives you confidence that on this play that we can execute. Well, next year you don't have. To your point, at the end of the game, Marcus Peters wanted to beat the fuck out of John Harbaugh. Let him. You, he, he doesn't have the fucking temperature of the team. The, te- the team's about to take his fucking temperature for real. About to <laughs> shove something <laughs> up his fucking ass. Good. Uh, good. Let Marcus Peters be your fucking guy. Like, I, I, I've said this to anybody who will listen. Fucking Marcus Peters should be your defensive leader. That's, that's your fucking Ray Lewis. That's and we've been saying it's signed in Dominican Sue for this exact yeah. fucking reason, too. I don't even care what Sue does on the field. I want a fucking asshole there that's going to fucking get in Oi's face and be like, the fuck's wrong with you? Tackle the fucking quarterback. I suggested, we, I suggested this week that we sign him not even to play football, just to walk around fucking intimidating and threatening yeah, to beat good. their ass up. Good. Fucking let them play scared. Maybe maybe they'll play better. I don't even I don't even know what to do at this point. Like, that's just, it's, it's obscene that we're blowing, you know, 17 and 21 point leads at home. Two it's good teams. It's fucking embarrassing. It is fucking embarrassing. It, it, it like you know back in the day it's one thing where like you might run into somebody 
this week we're going into fucking Bengals week. I can tell you right now, around here Joe Burrow in, dies in, Mar- in Maryland, it was a very slim chance I'd ever run into somebody in fucking Bengals gear around here in Maryland. But nowadays, it doesn't matter where the fuck you live. If you're on Twitter, these motherfuckers can find you, especially these these uh, these Hitler lovers in, in Germany. They'll come mm. get you from, from anywhere. They'll come get you from overseas. They'll report you to the fucking German authorities. They try to get me fucking arrested just because I, I spoke the truth. But- we should now. I think. I think we should pivot to what what's going on this week. We're about to fucking play a team that I think uh, last week on this on this very podcast we were prophesizing they were going to lose that game, and then you know Tua got taken to the fucking upside down. Vecna, <laughs> Vecna got him caught. His fucking fingers turned the wrong way. The the neurologist is fired, and the Bengals are two and two, and now it's a fucking face off. The two teams in the in the division who Get actually on, let's go. Very I'm hiding. We're I'm, not hiding. I'm, I'm, I'm right. Very I'm not hiding. Bro. I'm just saying. Uh, all I'm saying is this: it's embarrassing what's happened to us. The Bengals fans know it. They're they are ready. Their fucking mouths are watering. They smell blood. blood in the yeah. They smell it. They smell it. They taste it. They're coming for us. And if we lose in our own house this week, wearing all black with fucking Nelly playing it's hot in here at fucking halftime i will tell you what the german the german nazi is going to show up to my fucking house he doesn't even know where i live he will find me he's going to fucking you. drag me out in the street and he's going to put me on a fucking train and i don't know where i'm going to end up but <laughs> no i mean in, in all seriousness their game plan should be i am so fucking mad about how our defense has choked these two leads at home that they should take that out on joe burrow i want that man on his back every fucking play because he doesn't do well with pressure in his face. Their offensive line is fucking garbage this year. Fucking get to him every single play. Hit him early and often. Fucking hit Joe Mixon like he's a blonde chick at an Oklahoma bar. And just fucking bury them. Don't give them a chance to get back in the game either. Like fucking step on the throat. Maybe, I, we, I, sign, I, maybe we sign Bailey Gaither to be a fucking edge rusher. Who knows? All we need, we need to get to the goddamn quarterback. We, we need to get in that man's head with his fucking pink glasses all his fucking dumbass flowery suits. Fuck Joe Burrow. Fuck every Bengals fan. Fuck every Bengals player. Fuck Jamar Chase with his fucking flipping off. You know what, Jamar Chase? I dare you to flip your fingers in Marcus Peters' face. He will okay. fucking murder you on the how field. Do you, how do you guys feel about um, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and, and our ability to, to contain them this year as opposed to last year when we didn't have our guys. So now, yeah. we still, We're okay. still 32nd in the NFL in, in past defense, so nothing has changed okay. in that regard. No, we, we and I think that, that, is a, that, that that stat is misleading because our secondary has played well, in my opinion. The fact that the, the secondary is giving up all those yards is, again, it's a fact. Five. It, it's a factor. We're five. Jalen. A lot of that. No, but Joe, like Joe Flacco threw for like 370 yards week one, but he's put up nine points because they were you know 370 meaningless yards. Right. So if, I think that's it, what happens last, every week. Yeah. Last year, you know, Marlon Joe, Humphrey got got cooked by uh, Jamar Chase because number one, there was one particular play where it was a, a like a two yard throw that went for an 80 yard touchdown. It was it's one of these things that could happen to any of the the greatest oh, cornerbacks. You missed, missed the tackle. Missed the tackle. Right. Was. He missed a tackle. He didn't misplay coverage. It was a fucking. Uh, it was a, a a quick throw. It was kind of, it was a check down. It, you know, he checked out of something. Whatever whatever happened happened. Last year doesn't matter. But this year, did you see today that Jamar Chase said 
he doesn't think that Marlon Humphrey is going to be covering him and he's looking forward to Marcus Peters covering him. Oh, Good no, fucking luck, buddy. No, yeah. I want Marcus Peters in his fucking face after every play saying, Let's hey, see. why don't you... You know what the, you know, the best outcome would be if they both got thrown out? If Marcus Peters got so far in his head, they just like started punching each other and they both got thrown out of the game. It, it just takes an element of... Peters is the one throwing punches, but... Right, but... Yeah. You know, if he can, if he if he can go uh, chase into some sort of physical altercation, go for it. That's that is I'm defense a, to me. Anything you can do to get that motherfucker out of the game, do it. But yeah, so this week, I don't worry about the the secondary. I think our secondary's played well. The only player to me that has not played well in the secondary, and I'm do, nobody can see what I'm doing right now. Who's listening to this? But I'm doing air quotes. Is Chuck Clark? He's not in our secondary. He plays dime linebacker. He doesn't. He covers tight ends poorly. He's he's not going out there. He's not going to cover a wide receiver. So everybody who everybody who is a starter on in our secondary has played well, in my opinion. I don't know if anybody yeah. disagrees with me. I think they have played well. Steven Sands has had his moments where he hasn't looked good, but you know it, it, it is what it is. I disagree. He's I still mean, a depth. We didn't play he's, well he's enough. A depth cornerback. It's not good enough. They, but they've also better. been leaned on too heavily, in, in my opinion. So the offense. And that's not the offense's fault. It's Greg Roman's fault for putting way too much on the defense. When we get out ahead and then to put everything on the defense is fucking idiotic because the defense is going to get worn out. They're going to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. So like a a Joe Flacco throwing for 300 plus yards is because at that point, what choice do they have but to throw the ball? They're going to fucking pile up yards. So that that is going to, it's going to inflate the, the defense's, you know, ineptitude in the in the minds of the box score watchers this is where it gets back to roster construction because each part of the defense builds upon the other so if you can't get pressure and you're playing man to man you're putting these people in the island not saying that they can't cover but you're asking them to cover for a certain amount of time and usually the way it works is i play great man-to-man coverage the lineman is only going to need a certain amount of time to get to the quarterback disrupt the play if they're not getting in there to disrupt the play quarterback can sit there and dissect right you know, I feel like if you give any NFL wide receiver two and a half seconds one on one with any corner, they're probably going to beat them. Like it's just not. Yeah, that's the hardest job in, in the NFL. It, it, if you're expecting more than two and a half seconds of you know like man to man coverage, you're, it's probably not going to work out well. And so if you're going to you know design these these man plays where you have Marlon Humphrey one on one with Jamar Chase, and you're expecting Marlon to stick with Jamar Chase for three four seconds and you're not hitting the quarterback in that time, it's going to be a problem. And so, again, it, it comes down to pass rush, but get home. Like, this week is the week that Odefeoe can shut everybody up on the internet. This is the week that Justin Houston should play out of his mind. This is the week that Patrick Queen can shut us all up and, you know, fucking get a couple of huge sacks coming up the middle. Like, let's just, you know, put up or shut up at this point. The first two games of the year, you know, first four games of the year happened. You lost two of them. Move the fuck on and make a statement, you know, on Sunday night. Do, That's do, really the only way to go. I want to shout out Justin. Every every game I've seen, well, I've seen every game, but every every game he's he's been making plays, and we and it's been talked about. Um, when is he going to take that next step? Um, I think he's taking the next step. He needs some help, but that that boy is playing well, and I wanted to shout shout him out. So he needs people. Houston did not practice. So he got a veteran rest day. Is I'm pretty sure what they said. I think he said that uh, Campbell and Houston are going to practice on Wednesdays going forward. JK, so he's not, he's not listed as a rest day. He's listed as a 
Oh, is he? I thought that I read that Harbaugh said that he was going to get a, a rest day every Wednesday. I could be totally wrong on that, but so Campbell thought, Campbell got a rest day. Houston got a groin. Yeah, I mean, again, this is the week that you have a weak offensive line. You have a weak armed quarterback. You have a weak armed quarterback who went on a podcast tour this uh, this off season talking about how he put up five hundred yards and four hundred fifty uh, yards. And yeah, that, yeah, I want you to. I, I want somebody to make it hurt. I want somebody to be standing over him fucking scream at him saying yeah get up and do that again the funeral I, I, service this week all black yeah, it's yeah. funeral service we're putting him in the dirt yeah I, I, I want i want joe burrow on his back every single play i don't care how many flags get thrown i want him fucking afraid to drop back in the pocket so we all saw that video earlier we we're talking about it in our, in our twitter group chat whenever joe burrow is asked a question and it's you know it's a question he like that anybody could predict he might be asked on any given week. So this week it's about Lamar Jackson and his contract. He, to me, his response is like, he's pretending like it's like, Oh, I'm coming up with this off the top of my head. And it's completely rehearsed. He's there's no authenticity behind it. I don't understand these people who act like this fucking Joe Burrow dickhead is fucking cool. And who, who just likes put him on the, they're trying to people put him on cheesy the ass motherfuckers who like this for real. Again, it's, the like, icy chain. it's the icy chain. That's what did it for. He's a, he's a white I get guy. That. Well, he's I get that. that I get Bengals fans. So I get Bengals cool. fans who like him. I get that Bengals fans like him. It's their quarterback. I'd probably like him if I was a fucking Bengals fan. But like <laughs> the people who are not Bengals fans are like, oh man, Joe Burr, get the fuck out of here. This guy is okay, cheesy as fuck. Well, well, look at look at the fucking IQ of the people saying that. They're dumb fucking trend writers. I mean, again, there's a certain individual that we won't name on this podcast who, you know, read some story about how in college he had sex with a lot of girls. Like, he's so cool. I, you know, I wish he was my quarterback. Like, he's a fucking nerd. I'm, I'm fucking tired of this guy being on my television. I'm tired of hearing how he's going to save the city of Cincinnati. They're going to do him like they did Jared Goff in fucking uh, L.A. or how they did Baker Mayfield. He's not it, and we just got to fucking go out there and put it down his throat. Just what's your what's your three keys to the game? If you y'all could have three keys to the game, what would you? Have Bury Joe Burrow, hit Joe. Burrow Attack the quarterback. Attack the quarterback. Hit, Number one, hit Joe run Burrow the fucking ball. Off. Run the effectively. ball effectively, and let Lamar cook. Yeah. How did you yeah, guys think? Go ahead, Grant. I was gonna say I definitely say let Lamar cook. You know, let him do the improvisation improvs. You know, let him make his calls the line of scrimmage. If he sees something, give him that freedom of the audible. Because he, you know, that goes back to the whole getting the play in with enough time. I think that's the second key of the game, making sure we're giving our offense enough time to set up, read the defense, find out, you know, if there needs to be any changes with the play call. Give him that freedom. And he's smart enough. He's a very intellectual quarterback. He's gritty. He makes the right reads. He makes the right throws. I trust all those things with him. So let him cook. Um, and then, of course, pressure. You know, like I think I mentioned it last week about Mike McDonald. Don't complicate things. We get it. You're smart. You're edgy. You want to do different things on the defensive side of the football. But in certain situations, just run back to the basics. Trust your players and trust what their abilities are and their positions. And don't be dropping away in coverage. Don't be dropping, you know, Michael Pierce isn't there right now, but don't be dropping Michael Pierce, Matabuke, those guys in coverage. Those guys are need to put pressure on the quarterback. And when you're dropping all these guys in coverage, you're leaving, like Nitt said, your secondary out to dry. You know, you can only expect somebody, you can have the best corner in the league and they're not going to cover more than five seconds. So, I mean, you know, you got a guy that's running his routes, he knows his routes, and you got a cornerback who's the second toughest position in football behind a quarterback. 
and you're sitting here defending these elite athletes, not under, not knowing what they're doing. So let your guys do what their what their their strengths are. You know, don't overcomplicate those things. And I think those would be the big three biggest things. You know, get the play in, let Lamar cook, um, and don't overcomplicate the defense. I think McDonald got lucky last year with a Jabo and Hutchinson, where he had two guys that he was going to send at the quarterback every single play. And then he could get creative with guys in the middle of his defense and drop some guys in the coverage that, you know, maybe the quarterback wasn't going to expect because he knew those two guys would win their, you know, matchups on the outside and kind of make the quarterback's life a living hell. We don't have that in Baltimore right now. You know, we don't have an Aiden Hutchinson. We don't have a David. We do have David Ajabo, but he's not back yet. And so, you know, like you said, just four guys, send them at the passer. Let, you know, fucking secondary do their thing and stop sending fucking Marlon off the edge and dropping that BK into coverage. Like, don't do any more of that shit until you've proven that you get to the quarterback every play. Yeah, don't do that. It's just, it's, it's fucking, it's infuriating watching this team sometimes. It's the amount of dumb shit that we do. Yeah, man. I, to, that I point about, to that point about Oway dropping off into coverage, you're absolutely right. I think we'll see less of that once 54 returns to the field because he's kind of your jack-of-all-trades kind of linebacker. I mean, he led the team in sacks last year. I mean, his strength is his versatility. So I think we'll be able to see Owe as the rush once he returns. I'm so frustrated as y'all are with him dropping the coverage because you're relying more on JPP, who was there for a few days and played 56 out of 67 snaps, I believe. So I mean, that just tells you how much of a need just that body was. Like, not even just the name or the player, just the body. That's a problem going into week four, don't you think? Imagine in 2014 if you told somebody that you had Justin Houston and JPP lining up opposite each other. (laughs) But, I mean, that would be fucking amazing. But, you know, now they're old. Like, you can't expect them to be playing 90% of snaps and be doing well. They're just – they're old. It is what it is. Like, it's just – it's the facts at this point. They should not be on the field every play. I mean, Houston hasn't been on the field two weeks, so we can't blame him for anything. No, we can't. But, again, the reason why – Ran him into the ground. Exactly. (laughs) And when he was in, he was getting pressure. I mean, he had a good start to the season. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, shit, I'm 35 years old, and I can't be playing this kind of snap count. Like, I'm out. You know, I pulled a groin because I'm 103 years old, and I can't be doing this every play. And nor should we be expecting him to do that. Again, it's the same thing I said about Michael Pearson earlier episode. Like, he's a fat fuck, and you can't play 100% of the snaps. So we got people to back him up. We need somebody. We need a warm body that can just come off the edge a couple plays. Like a Jihad Ward type from, you know, we brought him in in 2019 and he was huge on defense because he was a rotational pass rusher and he was only playing, you know, 20, 25% of snaps of the game, but he made those 25% of snaps count. And we don't have that kind of guy on the roster right now. And we really don't have anybody outside at the moment. Somehow he was more attracted to go play for Wink than to come back here. That was, yeah, I, I don't get that either, but, you know. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I can't really make too many excuses for McDonald. Wink was the scapegoat, and he was like a better turn the white knight. He came in, and he was supposed to be the guy that you know fixes all the problems. All those fourth quarter leads that we lost last year, we got rid of Wink, and he was the issue. And it won't happen again. And what's happening this year? You know what I mean? So, Worse. can't I can't give him any bail? You gotta do better, bro. Yep, yeah. absolutely. I get the learning curve of the NFL, but fucking learn quick. And it's not like this is his first stop in the NFL either. I mean, he was our linebackers coach for a couple of years. So he is aware of how the NFL game works. It's not like he was a career defensive coordinator in college and then he made the, you know, leap up to the pros. Like he does have some pro experience. 
And yeah, he hasn't called plays. He hasn't um, had the control of the defense that he has now, but you got to learn quick. Otherwise, you know, again, I'm a diehard Michigan guy and I'm going to be calling for his head soon. So to his credit, the defense has the season has gone on. It has gotten progressively better. Like last week, I was actually if we would have won, we would have probably came in here talking about how well the defense played. I mean, they set the tone yeah. early. 23 points to the Bills. You should be winning that game every time. I mean, that's a that's a that's a good yeah. defensive showing. It yeah. was really Hold, it was yeah, holding that holding that Bills offense to two touchdowns. The defense did what they were supposed to do. The offense fucked up. We got out to a twenty to three lead and then just, you know, kicked our feet up. But I don't blame the players. The players don't call the plays. I blame Greg Roman one hundred percent for that loss. One hundred percent. Not just for for not just terror. for taking his foot off the gas and letting Buffalo come back, but then for the play call that could have fucking won the game. When the when Harbaugh decides we're gonna go for it, it's not like that Roman gets to decide if we're going to go for it or not. That's a Harbaugh decision. He decided we're going for it. And then he put his trust in Greg Roman to call a fucking play from the two-yard line, which, as everyone in the world knows, is his Achilles heel. He lost the Super Bowl calling plays from the fucking two-yard line. I think he ran the same damn play damn near. Yeah. yeah. Three straight, somebody had a side-by-side. Side. Side. I was like, hold up. Yeah. Three straight fade, goal line fades to oh. Michael Crabtree. All right. And, and guess what? And 2012 Michael Crabtree is better than – 2022 Devin Dubernay. He is. Um, I mean, yeah, he is. you compare the I two, mean, it's that's not that's not even close. Especially in that goal line fade situation. Right. It yep. didn't work then. It's not going to fucking work now. And you have a quarterback who has a, a much wider skill set. I just, it, it, we're, we're like going back in time now. I'm about to fucking start the, the show over. Screaming my fucking head off about this shit again. I'm so goddamn mad about that fucking play call. Well, you mentioned a play action bootleg earlier and I mean, if you're going to go for it on fourth and goal, that is the call. Have your fullback run out to the flat. Either Lamar has a rushing lane, he gets in. If they cave in on him, your fullback's wide the fuck open. He walks into the end zone. Maybe you tie it in in the corner. Or worst case scenario, you throw it away and you make them drive 98 fucking yards down the field. Right. As opposed to throwing the pick, them starting on the 20, and they drive 80 yards for the game-winning field goal, which was frustrating because the, how the defensive series before – when they're in a shit situation in midfield, they got the stop. They like you had the opportunity right there to close the fucking game. So I mean, yeah, that that fourth down, going for it, like I agree hundred percent with Drew. That was the right decision. The problem, you keep picking the worst kinds of fucking play calls. Like you can go back to last year with fucking Tyler Huntley under center, trying to throw it to Mark Andrews against the Browns, and then against the Packers going for two trying to throw a fucking one-on-one goal line fade to Mark Andrews when he's already being covered by Eric Stokes and the safety sees, oh, he's the only receiver on this fuck. He's going to run a route. I should probably go double this so I could get the fucking PBU. Stop bullshitting. He should have been gone a long time ago, and you should have promoted T. Martin to be your OC. Talk your you shit. Can, yes. literally, literally anyone could be a better you know, play caller than Greg Roman. Yeah, I was calling for T. Martin. I don't even care. You can fucking have that Yale analytics nerd call our plays, but all I fucking care. Yes, yes. One more question. Up. One more question for you guys. When I saw Bateman go down, and in that last drive, I was kind of worried because if you remember that last drive, it was a lot of Lamar's legs and a lot of penalties, defensive penalties that got us up the field. I didn't see a whole lot of wide receivers getting separation. I didn't see a whole lot of playmaking, and because of that, Mark Andrews was bracketed 
He's bracketed all game, but he damn sure wasn't getting any catches. You know what I mean? In that scenario, my question is, we go into the Bengals game and Rashad Bateman is less than 100% or out. We have confidence that we can consistently move the ball. Eli Apple exists, so yes. <laughs> yes. Right, Bailey, Gaither, Bailey Gaither exists, so we're good. I'm, I, listen, I am scared of a Duvernay X like, role. Like I love him in his current role because not too much is asked of him because you have other players that kind of take the defense's attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't if all the attention's on his ass. I don't I don't think that's the case. I think he stays in his position. Robinson takes the X, which it doesn't I know I know that but I think that's what happens. So Duvernay stays where he is because that's that that is where he's supposed to be. And we, we go from oh. there. And I think I think we rely the number way more heavily. How but, hungry but also is. it could it may not be that bad if we rely more heavily on our tight ends because we already know we have them. If we if we have multiple tight ends on the field, we have Mark Andrews and Likely on the field. I don't know that you can match up all that well with those two. So, you know, I mean maybe we discover like a new wrinkle in the fucking offense. Right, exactly. to get yeah. creative. Yeah. How exactly. hungry how hungry are James Proche or Tylen Wallace to be established wide receivers in the NFL? This is this is their week. If you want to be the guy in Baltimore, and you know James Proche, you have your dick sucked twenty four seven on Twitter. This is your time to get on Twitter, you know, to fucking put up a game and tell me to go fuck myself. People Gross. like me, butterflies. Sell yeah. your fucking sixty one dollars yeah. shirts. You can yeah, jack so, that fucking price up you, to seventy one dollars if you have a good week, yeah, motherfucker. You put up you put up a hundred yards and two touchdowns, and you can sell as many of those fucking butterfly t shirts as you want. You can throw away the jugs machine and fucking start selling t shirts full time. You're Tylon Wallace and you have this alleged chip on your shoulder and oh you know God, you've been you, Yeah, no, but you've been hurt and you've been, you know, doubted your whole fucking life and all this nonsense that he said. Fucking put up or shut up. Where the fuck it, is Andy Isabella? Yeah, fucking put him on the field. Yeah, he's already been in the weight room twice today. Since he got signed by the Ravens, he's already been he's, he's been at the castle the whole time. He was signed at 4 p.m., but he was in the gym at fucking 6 a.m. You tell me how that works out. He's first he in was last signed, out. He, right. signed, he signed his contract while in, in between sets. I promise you that. Man, his I'm agent right. told him that the Ravens were trying to sign you, and he showed up at the fucking facility right away. And he will not, be, he will not leave until after everybody else is gone tomorrow. He, he showed up. Home. He, he showed up with a contract signed time. before they even gave him a contract. He showed up with the contract yeah. and said, "Hey, you sign it, motherfucker." He said, "Hey, Eric, sign this, and I'm getting in the weight room." He doesn't even have a house right now. He's probably not even leaving the facility. There's no way that he has somewhere to live in Baltimore. I mean, he's probably just fucking living in his locker and in, in the gym right now. Nothing but opportunity. So if if I'm yeah, him, that's somebody how I'm step the fuck up. Somebody step the fuck up. There's an opportunity there. Isaiah Likely, fucking Demarcus Robinson. Any of these guys who want to be impact guys, this is your fucking shot. So do something with it. Yep. This is it. Because I'll tell you what. I said this last week. I do not want to be fighting 500 this year. If we lose this week, we are under 500. So I don't even care about five. This is the Bengals. This is oh, the Bengals. I, I fucking want, do. I want them, I want I, them dead. I do. No. I do because then next week we got to win to get to 500. The week after that, no, no, we got to win to get over 500. Fuck that. We're, then we're in week seven by the time the season matters. Fuck that. Let's fucking win this week, and then the season's on. If we lose this week, this season, we're, we're just fighting a battle to not be a loser. If we lose Fuck this that. week, it's going to be very tense in the castle. Furthermore, yeah. two yeah. of the next three games are at home against divisional opponents. You have to win those. Fuck the bullshit. Like... You can't lose your division games, and you especially can't give up division games at home. 
Yeah, it's you a can't problem. be three straight to start the season at home. Exactly. You exactly. fucking go. You come out on Sunday and you murder the Bengals and you put up a you know fucking thirty point win on the Bengals. It's going to go a long way to calming tensions around that team. I don't give Marcus a fuck Peter, if you win by thirty or one. Peter, you might see we lost two games Harper. at home. That's the amount of games we're able to give up at home. If we give any more away at home, this season is over. Period. Simple. Period. Yeah, if we lose three done. games at home by week five, this season is done. Done. Yep. Furthermore, you cannot lose to a fucking city and a fan base whose favorite things are eating chili spaghetti and fucking their moms and fucking their cousins. Cannot- <laughs> and sisters. And sisters. And sisters. Oh, yeah, sisters. All the fa- Dude, all the fucking families. They don't. Those, those inbred fucks do not discriminate. If you're in their family tree, you're getting it from the deep. That's mine. That's... That's what they do. That's what they do. Maryland, Maryland does crab cakes in football. Maryland does crab cakes in football. Cincinnati does stallion chili yep. and incest. So. Yep. Not even step incest. Literally just incest. Straight incest. Where did they Get find deep. you guys, <laughs> man? God damn. Yeah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm saying both. <laughs> well, guess what? We, we just found our promo, our, our promo clip. There it is. Damn right. Damn fucking right. I'm just saying, those people go on Ancestry.com to fucking try to find themselves a date. That's what they, they use do. It like Tinder. Yeah, they use it like Tinder. Yeah, they use it exactly like Tinder. Oh, swipe, swipe left and shit. Like, oh, that's yeah, my cousin. Swipe, swipe left. Oh, oh my. Oh, she's oh, hey, hey, hey. On, on that note, on, on that note, I do want. I do just want to just give like a, a general warning. To anyone who hey, who may have just happened to move to Maryland, maybe they just had a birthday. If you see someone whose hairline starts behind the crown of their head. You should look up their name on the internet. They may be on a registry that would endanger you and your family. You should not swipe right on them. You shouldn't do it. Yes. It's dangerous. That's a fact. You're putting yourself in danger. These are dangerous people. That's why they're on the registry. That's why it exists. It's to protect you and your family. So anyway, I'm just going to get that out of the way. That's why I was distracted earlier. That's I was a- trying to warn someone about danger in their life. Hypothetically speaking, what kind of car would that person drive? Because so I, you know, I'm going down this weekend, so I just want to watch out for dangerous. Well, they people. might tell you 2012, but it's a 2008. It's an Audi. No. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. A lot of lies going on there. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they might have cameras set up everywhere. You know, maybe take some uh, illegal recordings of me. You know, maybe distribute yeah. them to people that I wouldn't want to see them. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe blackmail right. me with them. And then yeah. if I tell somebody about it, they might call me like a thousand times in a week. This doesn't seem like a good situation. That's a good public service announcement to put out there. Yeah. If they have the cameras, they're not going to tell you about it. You're you not going to know about public. it until it's in a police report. Too good with, with red circles all over it. Yeah. Will, Will and I are all about protecting Will. So, you know, regardless of what anybody tells you, we're just we're just out here making the world a better place. Absolutely. I was calling for a long time on this podcast because I was warning someone about a, uh, a danger that they were coming way too close to. It appears that they enjoy danger so you know that's on them yeah that's a little bit too much danger though you know you don't you don't want those uh illegal recordings out there especially being distributed to your family for no particular reason other than somebody's 25 and upset and working for cash you know it's not a not a person that you want to be involved with so 3728 3728 i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 283 shit yeah we're blowing out we're blowing out eliminating the curse i like that well, yeah, I'm gonna say Grant. 27, 23. Too close. Is that, I think it's a, it's a safe score. And I'm gonna call it. Let's go with 23 to 14. Nah, 13. 23, 13. Ah. 10 point win. 
me kind of ugly. But that being said, they have an impatient offense. They they're kind of like how the Chiefs started out and how the Bills started out, where they want everything cheap. They don't want to have to work to drive down the fucking field. And if their boy who happens to wear a single digit on his chest is double cover, he's not breaking big ass plays or getting down the field. That fuck the rich kid from your favorite kids movie who happens to be the villain and a dickhead because his dad's an asshole. It's not about Joe Burrow, by the way. Looks like the the fucking asshole rich kid <laughs> in whatever kids movie you remember from the nineties. Blank check. Yes, <laughs> blank blank check. exactly. If that happens, things don't go. Well. Now, damn. <laughs> now hold your tongue, I'm Macaulay Culkin. I look like that man, but I'm handsomer and I never did heroin. So <laughs> you didn't hang out with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I, I mean, I fuck with his music. That being said, all I'm saying is Dave Chappelle put it put it right. I'm just saying, hey, um, Macaulay Culkin never turned that man in. He had met many of uh, Hollywood sniffing his butthole back in the days oh, of his. Geez. I'm just saying. As a kid, I was told I looked like that kid, which was hey, whatever. What about number eighty-five, man? T. Higgins. I mean, I'm cool with him I getting think, yards. I think, from my team, I think that, Marlon's gonna shut him down. Yeah. If it's Marlon on him, no. he's their number one receiver right now. Quiet as kept. He's special. Yeah. He's special. I mean, they got one A, one B, but I mean, I think with the mismatches they create, with the way that they like to cross the field and throw in those deep crosses, I think T. Higgins has a lot more to offer on the fifty-fifty balls too that they like to throw up. That's that's where yeah, Kyle does. Hamilton comes in, though. To me, I want a Hayden Hurst fumble too. That man talked too much this yeah, offseason. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him. I, I want loved him while he was here. Well, he like just Grant. he just celebrated his forty fifth birthday. Yeah, he's like an go. older Grant. He's like an older version of Grant, to be honest. So similar hairstyles. Grant got him every day he knew. Yeah, so I'm uh, confident in oh. Sunday. I think that we're gonna pull pull away with the win, mainly because we need to. It's not really a choice or an option. We can't lose three straight games, and we can't agree. Uh, not three straight games, but you get you know what I'm trying to say. Three straight games at home. No, it might as well be. And we just Ravens just, haven't no. lost in 10 months when I've been there, so I'm just throwing that one out there. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if, if you happen to go by a certain guy's booth and you need a stick of two out aluminum wire to knock some sense in him and make him actually call the right yeah, play. Yeah, like a stick or two of dynamite, not aluminum wire. I'll expedite shit with you because it's a stick. It's a stick of aluminum wire, and it'll, it'll knock some sense in him. And plus, you like C4. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, you might get the whole deadly weapon thing charged. I mean, I'm just saying, a stick, a stick of aluminum wire, you're not going to shock him. You're just going to knock some sense in him. You can't get caught up on a deadly weapons charge with that. Well, also, let me, let me point something out. We got an early uniform announcement this week. Ravens yes. are wearing all black. We all expected this. What's our record? Right? What's our we record with all black? Well, that's what Five I was getting o. to. Thank you for pointing this out. 5-0. and 5-0 oh. and oh with Lamar Jackson as the, the quarterback in all black. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with the numbers here. I'm going to say we're going to win. 34-24. 34-24. So we're going to be up a touchdown late. We're going to have a, a drive going, say, uh, kind of like this week. We got the ball with about four minutes left, and we're going to rely on Justin Tucker, kick a field goal, put us up by two scores, and that's going to be the game. 34-24. Black uniforms go 6-0. and I'm clipping this and putting it Man, on the, the promo. Brand- we're, we're wearing all black jerseys, and I might be blacked out by eight o'clock. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes, man. Damn straight. Eight fifteen, I'll be gone. <laughs> yeah, by eight fifteen, eight thirty, I'll be I don't know three or four liquid death since so I'll be fucked up on sparkling water because that's just what I do. But I mean, it's 
It's one of those things. Still, every you fucking episode, Jake's selling liquid death for free. This guy. Hey man, that's right. Hey, for shit. Awesome, you, 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 pimp, you pimp liquid death more than I pimp welter. That's true. Hey man, fucking sponsor me already. I'm doing give you free advertising on this I shit. That's all. all. Right. So, hey Jake, make the noise. Make the noise. Let's wrap it up. Make the noise. Alright, man. We'll be back. We're gonna be back next week to recap this game. In the meantime. Oh, Max keeps all three of them. <laughs> yes, we do, Max. Otherwise, I'll have to do something like. Oh, oh, see ya! Count Zone 32. 32.